You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz. Every week, myself and my co-host, Dr. Scott Barber, sit behind the microphone and inform you about the issues in health care that are affecting you and your family. We try to uh, give you the information that doctors are discussing in doctors' lounges all over the country that's provided that they can get into the doctors' lounges in the country. And uh, and we uh, give you the insight that you need so that you can advocate for your family and for yourself, for your health care, and uh, be informed so that you can make the proper decisions. The... Uh, uh, Docs for Patient Care Foundation supports this show. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the only physician-led healthcare think tank in the country, and we need your support and your help. So go to our website at www.d the number four pc foundation.org. That's d four pc foundation.org, and please just contribute anything that you think you can give to enable us to continue to bring you shows like this and do the work that we're doing around the country to try to influence the people who are making healthcare decisions that will affect you and your family for years and years to come. So I was trying to come up with a show for today that um, would would um, really um, express some of the thoughts that I've been having about what we are dealing with regarding COVID each and every day. And I look at what is in the news and what's on in the papers and and what people are talking about and god they're talking about covid incessantly that's the the first thing that people talk about when they get together these days there's not a single conversation uh not a single encounter that doesn't involve a conversation that um has to do with covid and it has consumed everybody's life it is it is um, really overtaken people's lives. So I tried to think about this and reflect on this and ask myself, what is the end point? What's the end point for this? And I'm going to just give you the answer right now, and then I'm going to tell you why, if you'll stay tuned for the show and listen to everything that I have to say. But the end point is that this is never going away. And I'll tell you why that is as we go on. But asking the question, what is the end point? I think that's a very fair question. You know, policies, government policies, government actions should be undertaken to help reflect and reach a stated goal. They can't just be arbitrary they can't be um, you know a, a willy-nilly uh, kinds of, of uh, reactions there's got to be some stated goal some direction that this is taking us in and and 
And if that were the case, if if that was actually happening, I truly believe that the public would buy into this. At least most people would. If we knew where we were going, if it was stated, this is our endpoint, this is what we have to do to reach it, as Americans, I truly believe that most Americans are rational individuals that they could they could um, embrace what they're being told and get on board with it. And if that were the case, then I think the policies of federal, state, local governments would have wider acceptance. But that has not been the case. You know, we have never experienced anything like this pandemic in our lifetime. Never. We're almost going on two years. You might make a case about the AIDS epidemic. The AIDS epidemic, though, was quite different. It affected certain populations in our society. It was the gay population. It was the drug users. Later we came to learn that you can transmit AIDS in heterosexual sex. Um, But the point is that the um, AIDS epidemic was the result of behavior. This epidemic is is, um, affecting individuals unwittingly just by being out, being around. And so this is new territory. We've never experienced anything like this. And consequently, what I have said the whole time is that we are living in one big, gigantic science experiment. And nobody really knows what the answer is and nobody knows the direction a science experiment doesn't know the answer a science experiment has a hypothesis and then you have a design to your experiment and it tests your hypothesis it determines the results determine whether or not your hypothesis was correct or incorrect. Well, that's all been thrown out the window because we really don't have any testing of hypotheses. We have a hypothesis which is a foregone conclusion and everything that is happening is based on that foregone conclusion and is directed toward addressing that conclusion. Now, we don't know what the conclusion is because nobody's ever told us what it is. But let's just briefly look back at what's happened. The Trump team worked to get PPE. They invested in research for vaccines. They restricted entry into the country from areas around the globe with high numbers of COVID cases. And they assembled a healthcare team who gave updates to the American people on a daily basis. The big problem, one of the big problems, is that Tony Fauci headed that healthcare team. And we have come to learn 
much about Tony Fauci over the last almost two years. First, he's a statist. He believes in heavy-handed government policies. He's been a career medical bureaucrat who has um, served in both Democrat and Republican administrations, but he is a career medical um, uh, officer. Second, Tony Fauci is a liar. He's admitted as much. He told the country not to wear masks. And then he admitted in an interview that he lied about that statement to prevent a, quote, run on masks when they were needed for healthcare personnel. That's not his job to lie to the American public. His job as a doctor is to give facts and tell the truth. And he is incapable of doing that. And I'll tell you why in a moment. But third, he's compromised. He he is directly responsible for um, funding research in China that may have actually contributed somewhat to the pandemic by allowing for a line of research that helped to create a more virulent, a more highly uh, contagious virus than existed in nature. Fourth, he's no expert on anything other than viruses. He's not a clinician, and yet his policies affect people's mental health, they affect um, other aspects of their health, and he is in no position to comment. He's in no more position to comment on that than I am about immunology and virology. He's not an epidemiologist, and yet he pretends that he is and talks about epidemiology issues. He's a lab doctor and a failed lab doctor at that. He has a terrible track record, if you look back at it, regarding his role in the AIDS epidemic and his failure to help promote therapeutics and focusing only on vaccines, which, as of right this moment, still don't exist for AIDS. So he is in no position to be lecturing us about how to handle the COVID-19 pandemic. But fifth, and I think most important, and this is really the the key, Tony Fauci is a self-promoter, he's a publicity hound, he's an egomaniac, he's a narcissist. That's the only way to understand what is happening, where, how we got to this point and where we are. You know, he's a lab doctor, and he is a lab doctor of really very little, um, you know, um, uh, uh, I guess, I guess, uh, acclaim. And now, all of a sudden, he has been thrust into a position where 
he is a deity. He has been made into a god. He's been um, featured on magazine covers. He is on TV three times a day, if not more, on on uh, Marxist uh, TV stations, MSNBC, CNN, and the like. He has bobblehead dolls and T-shirts and yard signs thanking him and just people adoring him. They are throwing themselves at his feet. Half the country believes this. And this is the man who was a perfect dupe. He was the perfect vehicle for the left because he is eating up his, it's not even his 15 minutes of fame, it's now almost his two years of fame and his transformation into the, the face of COVID. The left loves this. The media loves this. The rich and powerful love this because in Fauci, they've got the the um, mouthpiece that will allow them to accomplish what they need to accomplish. The media wants this in in uh, the news every day. The more that this is in the news, the more people are frightened, the more they are um, coerced into doing things that that are unimaginable in this country. The left, the Marxists love him because this is now um, their moment in the sun to transform this country into the Marxist um, regime, the Marxist um, uh, country that they've all always sought to... Um, uh, to uh, implement their policies in, and um, and if you look at some of the things that Fauci has said and and and, uh, and his positions, there's there you cannot refute this. It's it's irrefutable. He's in the Trump administration. He he criticized closing the borders. Interestingly, he now still has an open border mentality. When he was asked about whether or not the migrants who are not being tested, who are coming into this country infected with COVID, are contributing to the problem, he ridiculed the reporter who asked that question and said it's nonsense. He initially told Americans not to wear masks. Then he told us that we needed to wear masks. He initially said... We only need to flatten the curve. So we need to just shut down for two weeks to do that. Nobody's heard about flattening the curve in almost a year and a half. Herd immunity. You know, people have asked him about herd immunity. He said, well, you need to have 70% of the people in the population with antibodies to get herd immunity. And then it went to 80%. And now it's 90%. But again, nobody's talking about herd immunity anymore. Fauci has 
um, been responsible for shutting down social gatherings, funerals, weddings, bar mitzvahs, um, other life cycle events. He even said it just last week and then had to backtrack. When he was pressed on this matter, he quickly reversed course and said, oh no, I did not say that. I'm going to be celebrating Christmas with my family and I hope everybody does the same. He is absolutely, um, uh, he is a flip-flopper who will say things to continue the the fear and the uncertainty and keep this issue front and center. This has resulted in closing of businesses, which have has has um, well, not I wouldn't say permanently, but has significantly hurt our economy and set us back for many many years. It's hurt our children because of remote learning, and and um, jeopardized the the future of a generation of young people. So nobody can clearly tell us what the end point is. When can we stop wearing masks? When can we get back to life as before? The answer is never, as long as the left is in charge. And even when they're not in charge, never, because it becomes a perfect um, tool against the right against Republicans. And so this is a perfect opportunity to seize control, to consolidate power, and to impose draconian policies on Americans. It has become the opportunity to see how far people in government could go, how much they could get away with, how much will Americans take before they reach the breaking point. In the meantime, as much as the left can get away with in reshaping our country, they are going to do it. So this is not a complete list about what they've already done and what the the issues or the the um, the the various um, uh, actions that have occurred as a result of Fauci's policies and what he has said and the keeping the pandemic in the American consciousness every single moment of every single day. But here's a, a, a partial list. We've had we've experienced lockdowns, mask mandates, vaccine mandates. Businesses are are requiring people to um, get vaccinated or lose their jobs. Boosters. There's no data. Zero. Even Fauci admits that there's no data on boosters, and yet we are being told that we need to take boosters. Vaccines in kids. This is possibly one of the most harmful um, areas of this whole business of COVID, which is 
um, subjecting children to vaccinations for this um, for this uh, virus when we know that the chance of them actually getting very sick or dying is exceptionally small and yet some of the side effects from the vaccines and there are side effects to vaccines they exceed the rate of serious illness and death in children by a factor of about a hundred for seniors who have uh, or, or people with comorbidities, obesity, diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, the risk of getting COVID and then having serious long-term effects or death is high enough to justify a benefit-risk um, assessment as to whether or not you wish to take the vaccine or not. But in children... This is this is not the case. We've experienced effects on children and education, remote learning, teachers unions, basically calling the shots about what happens with regard to our children, vaccinations, uh, coming to work, and the teachers unions have... Uh, single-handedly jeopardized the well-being of our children more so than any group of politicians or anybody else. They have they they are calling the shots, and politicians are reacting to what the teachers' unions and primarily their leadership is is pushing, which is a a Marxist agenda. We've experienced social media blackouts of dissenting thought. Who would have ever thought that we would no longer be able to say what we thought? Now we have the thought police who are watching our posts, who are monitoring what we are saying, and they are preventing free speech in this country. And they are actually um, creating an environment where if you say the wrong thing, you can lose your job. You can lose your livelihood. If you are a teacher who dissents against the policies, you can get fired. If you are a doctor who is saying that these COVID restrictions, these COVID mandates are draconian, they're unnecessary, Um, you can um, lose your ability to um, say these things on social media platforms, you can lose your job. Hospitals have fired doctors for taking those positions. If you have a medical practice and you treat patients with some of the therapeutic agents that you're not allowed to talk about. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, remdesivir, monoclonal antibodies. You can be fired. You can, in some cases, lose your board certification. Boards 
yes, medical boards are decertifying doctors who are saying the wrong thing. They're being, um, they're losing the medical licenses because there are people who are monitoring their speech and they are saying that doctors who are spreading, quote, disinformation are dangerous and no longer can be entrusted to take care of patients and they're losing the medical licenses. We're experiencing an emptying of our prisons by politicians because they don't want to put convicted felons at risk in crowded situations. So they believe that it is better to let them out of prisons than to put them at risk of getting COVID in in close quarters in prison situations. We're experiencing a change in our entire um, way of life with new entitlements, giving people money for not working, giving people money for having children, incentivizing people to stay home from work and not go to their jobs for fear of getting COVID. And why would people want to work? Why would people want to go back to work when they can make more money staying home? And it creates further dependence on government and a transformation of America into a Marxist utopian society where the powerful and the people at the top are the um, the the gilded class. They're the ones who retain power, and all of the the peons, all of us, have to be subjected to the rules, the regulations, the laws that they impose on us all. So the incentives to keep the pandemic going on for politicians and for the media are obvious. And there are many who would contend that the policies of the federal government are actually contributing to the pandemic. They are they are keeping the pandemic going. It's enhancing the pandemic. It's not helping it, but it is promoting it and it is accelerating it. And I'll, I'll get more into that line of thinking in the second hour. But who would think that when you have a disease that there would be people who would prevent doctors from discussing therapeutics? That's never happened in the history of medicine in this country. Now what's happening? For the first time, we're hearing about this miracle drug that just came out, molnupiravir, which is the new Merck drug, which is a, a drug that stops viral replication and can be taken right after a COVID diagnosis is made. Why are we able to talk about that new therapeutic drug, which is going to likely cost a fortune, and we can't talk about ivermectin, 
hydroxychloroquine, remdesivir, which costs pennies because there is no money to be made in those other drugs. And there is a fortune to be made with this new anti-COVID drug. There's a fortune to be made not allowing therapeutics for COVID and pushing vaccinations. Now there's a war going on. It's an it's a arms race to see which companies can make the, the best vaccine, which is going to cost people, governments, um, jurisdictions, if they still give the vaccine, billions of dollars. It's the rich and the powerful who are calling the shots here, and it is the, um, the, the doctors who are taking care of the sick patients who are being muzzled. It's the patients who could be treated, who can be um, helped, who have COVID-19, who could be helped with low-cost, easily accessible medications, who are being prevented from getting them, who aren't even allowed to hear about these alternatives. Pharmacies are not even filling prescriptions that doctors are writing for these drugs anymore. It's it's uh, gotten to a point where the pandemic has to continue for the benefit of the left, the benefit of the media, the benefit of the rich and the powerful who stand to make fortunes as this pandemic continues. Stay with us, and I will um, uh, unravel more about why the uh, endpoint for the pandemic is never. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients, dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Scherz, as we talk about the topics that doctors talk about amongst themselves, such as Medicare, Obamacare, alternative forms of care, and health information technology. Join us every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients 
dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. So we're talking about what the endpoint for COVID is. And um, I'm afraid that the answer is never. And I'm trying to make a case and explain why that is. Um the um, the left has never had this opportunity to transform America as it has done during this pandemic. I've gone through a list of all of the things that that we've had to endure and experience um, at the hands of government um, in in the name of protecting the public from this pandemic when in fact it may be the government that is responsible for the continuation of the pandemic data is suggesting that the government is making the pandemic worse not better we saw cases go down and now they're back on the uptick but now they're going down again in the states that have reported increased cases last month, we're seeing a drop in cases in the last couple of weeks. Um, Part of the reason for this rise in cases may actually be the development of resistant strains of COVID. And part of the reason for resistant strains may actually be because of vaccinations. Um, So let me talk a bit about herd immunity. So herd immunity occurs when enough people in a population have antibodies to some pathogen from a previous infection. And um, when that happens, the likelihood of somebody being infected transmitting this pathogen is greatly reduced. Now, according to the Mayo Clinic, 70% of a population would have to be recovered from COVID-19 to achieve herd immunity. That's, I think, where Tony Fauci initially got that 70% number, which he has um, pushed the uh, bar up about. He has moved the goalposts because he's incentivized for the public not to be talking about herd immunity. And we haven't heard about herd immunity from him or from others in a very long time, unless it's brought up by others. Fauci actually has dismissed the idea of natural herd immunity. And he said, and I quote, quite frankly, that is nonsense. And anybody who knows anything about epidemiology will tell you that this is nonsense and very dangerous, end quote. 
Unfortunately, Tony Fauci doesn't know anything about epidemiology. He is not an epidemiologist. He is a, a failed, compromised lab doctor who knows about viruses and nothing more. Weeks before that Tony Fauci statement, three highly regarded medical school professors considered world experts in epidemiology published what's called the Great Barrington Declaration, which strongly refuted Fauci's claims. These are doctors, these three doctors hail from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford, not slouch institutions. And they stated that all populations eventually reach herd immunity. This is the point at which the rate of new infections is stable. This can be assisted by, but not dependent on, a vaccine. This statement has been signed on to by over 850,000 medical public health scientists, medical practitioners, and members of the public. So when you hear Tony Fauci spouting off about things that he knows nothing about or very little about, you have to ask yourself again why. And I've expressed to you my opinion why. The reason is he has to remain relevant. If he is, well, if the pandemic goes away, so does his notoriety, so does his spotlight. He no longer is going to be sought after by by CNN, by MSNBC, by Time Magazine. So he will disappear into anonymity, which is where he came from before. And he does not want that. The left does not want that. They want Tony Fauci to remain exactly where he is so that they continue can continue to try to reshape our country in the way that they believe America should look. A, uh, a big government, statist society which controls the lives of individuals and tells people what to do and um, rules their lives. Um, I'd like to explain to people why I said before that the vaccines may actually be um, resulting in worsening of the pandemic. Um, There was a surge in cases um, in July, about seven months after the COVID vaccines began being distributed free of charge to millions of Americans under an emergency use authorizations. Um, At first, the vaccines were distributed to those most at risk from dying from the vaccine, elderly, people in nursing homes, and chronically ill, adult health care workers, 
of all ages were also given priority. And when that happened, cases dropped dramatically between January and March, and many states ended their lockdowns and lifted mask mandates by June. Um, In May, the FDA approved the use of the vaccine for adolescents as young as 12 years of age. And, um, And despite the fact that Um, The CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, acknowledged that children have mild or no symptoms from COVID-19. She still recommended that they all get the vaccine because of the, quote, rare, tragic cases of children dying, end quote. So as a result, 17 million adolescents became eligible for the shots under the emergency use authorization. Um, so the, um, the doctors who signed on to this Great Barrington Declaration and many others believe that the side effects of vaccinations in children which are not insignificant, far, far outweigh the risks of children getting seriously ill or dying from COVID and don't agree that children should be vaccinated. Um, the, um, there's a, there's a, a um, concept called antibody-dependent enhancement. Um, this is a phenomenon when antibodies do not stop the virus from entering a cell but actually increase its ability to do so much like a Trojan horse and that has to do with the resistant variants Um, when you are vaccinating a population not having natural immunity you are um, making the um, the the viruses more resilient. Let me explain what that means. If you have a stress on an organism in in nature, the organism is going to look for ways to adapt so that it could survive. In in plants do it. Animals do it. If their environment changes, they develop new ways. They evolve so that they can survive in a changing environment. Viruses are no different. If viruses are being stressed by things in the environment namely vaccinations, there will be a evolutionary push for the virus to change so that it could survive the new stresses in their environment, namely vaccinations. That's what creates resistant strains. And it is impossible to... I wouldn't say impossible, but it becomes nearly impossible to completely eliminate that that strain, that stress 
that changes viruses and makes them makes them adapt. Um, there's um, Nobel laureate Dr. Luc Montagnier um, in in uh, Europe has worked in the pharmaceutical industry and said that the um, variants are the result of a mass vaccination campaign and it has been an unacceptable mistake. He's not anti-vaccination. He is stating that vaccinations on a mass scale will change the environment and create these resistant strains that will continue to make the pandemic persist and make it more difficult to treat the more virulent strains. We see this every single day in medicine. You've heard about antibiotic resistance, superbugs. Why is that happening? Why do we see superbugs? We see superbugs because doctors give out antibiotics indiscriminately for patients who don't need them. They give out antibiotics for a, for sniffles or for a cough when it's not viral. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not bacterial, but viral. And the indiscriminate widespread use of antibiotics has made bacteria more and more virulent. It's made them more and more capable of surviving in a world where there's so many antibiotics out there and they have to develop survival techniques so that they can continue to live in the world of mass widespread antibiotic use. We we see this every single day in medicine. It is a huge problem that we deal with. Well, mass vaccinations for COVID virus is no different. This is the same thing as the indiscriminate use of antibiotics for for illnesses that don't require antibiotics. There are some illnesses that require antibiotics. If you have a bad bacterial infection and you test the bacteria and you see which antibiotics are useful against that particular germ, you treat that appropriately and wipe it out. But if you throw a shotgun approach at these bacterial infections, they will find survival mechanisms and and then your antibiotics will be um, they'll they'll be ineffective. Well, if you have a virus that is harmful to a susceptible um, part of your population, you want to vaccinate those people to protect them and not let them get sick from that virus. But if you've got a large, larger percentage of the population who are not high risk, 
who will recover from that illness if they contract it. You want to let them contract it and develop natural antibodies to this. And in doing so, you will not develop resistant strains of of COVID because the virus will not feel the pressure, the environmental pressure to mutate and change and become more virulent. But the more indiscriminate use of the um, of the vaccines that are used for people who don't need it, then you are stressing the the viruses to the point where there isn't natural immunity. There, you're creating super viruses that your vaccine regimen is ineffective in in um, treating, and that's how the the widespread mass vaccination campaign is a big mistake and there are experts in virology experts in um in the in uh immunology who completely refute the position of tony fauci and uh, believes that we are making a a major major mistake allowing him to um, implement his ideas and uh, and create a, a a mass vaccine regime and boosters are yet another part of this which is making the pandemic worse and not better. It should not be on a mass um, uh, vaccination campaign. Again, if if you want to treat susceptible individuals, that's one thing. But it is um, completely irresponsible to do this in the opinion of people who are true experts um, to do this on a mass scale. What we're seeing is very similar to climate change. They have people who have an agenda, who find um, useful idiots to promote this notion. They get scientists to back that notion up, and then any other scientists who have any other opinion are climate deniers and the people of a different opinion will be uh, treated the same way that doctors with a different opinion about COVID are treated. So we're seeing the playbook. This is exactly what happened with climate and now climate science, climate change is part of the vocabulary. It doesn't matter whether or not it's real or not. It is accepted fact. And so anybody who refutes those facts is a, a heretic. They are they are a Neanderthal. They are they are anti science. They are anti world. They're bad people. 
well, this is happening again. They saw how easy it was to implement that playbook. And so they are rolling it out again with COVID. It's exactly the same thing. If you doubt what I'm saying, just go back and look at how this all came to pass with climate and climate science. It's happening again with COVID. So you wonder what the end point is. That was my first question. And I'm bringing it all the way back to this point that if you can acknowledge the similarities between Marxist policies, the left, and what happened with climate, that has never gone away. That is not that is not dissipated. They took over that argument and changed everything based on false notions that man-made events are affecting the environment and as a result policies have been implemented draconian policies that allow for more government control and allow for the rich and powerful to profit from that well that is being seen with covid it is happening all over again it is it is climate change it is global warming 2.0 in a healthcare um environment which in many ways is far more dangerous because with healthcare what this is going to ultimately lead to is a government control over the um health of every single american and um and it will be centered around COVID prevention. And Fauci will continue to be the, the mouthpiece. He'll continue to be the, the spokesperson because he is the useful village idiot for the left, for the media, for the rich and powerful in the pharmaceutical industry who stand to make billions from this pandemic from others who have business models that profit from the pandemic. And so what can we do? You know, that's the that is really the ultimate goal. What can we do? Well, if um it starts it starts with with um with the ballot box. That has got to be where we start to make changes and it's got to be at the local level because much of these draconian policies occur locally or in the states Um, the states that have not embraced these draconian policies are doing quite well and people are fleeing from all over the country to these states to texas to um, florida to um, other places in the South from parts of the country where life has significantly changed for the worse because of the pandemic. Um, if you want to run, that that's up to you. If you think that it's too late to, to reclaim 
where you live, that's sad, but I can understand that. But what you need to try to do is to um, get involved, get active, and um, reject these policies, understanding that if you um, allow um, the media, allow the government, allow Fauci to continue to scare you and to bully you and make you believe that uh, there's only one way out of this, which is to shut down, lock down, socially isolate, change our lives, wear masks, and vaccinate, um, I think that they win. And, um, and, I, and I personally believe that, that uh, life is about personal choices, and it's not about whether or not um, the heavy hand of government should be telling us what to do. So um, the pandemic is not going away anytime soon because the people who profit from it, who are uh, in gaining power from it, don't want it to go away. But it's getting better. It really is getting better. And um, and I think that uh, if uh, people are smart enough to um, make the right choices, to do the right things, um, we will get out of this and we can get back to life as usual. I'm, I'm an optimist by nature. If I didn't uh, feel optimistic, I would not come do this show every other week and, and uh, share with you um, things that may appear to be negative but are intended to explain why we are where we are and give you some ammunition so that you can try to fight back and not um, let those who want to transform our country win. Um, I'll be back in two weeks. My uh co-host Dr. Scott, who is on fire when he comes in here the last few months. We'll be back next week to uh, uh, share with you some more of his thoughts about what's happening in healthcare and in our country. So thanks for being with us. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.